Amen. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, our desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty merciful Lord, grant you absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
us, Lord, we pray, the Spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Children? Well, Lord, we're just so blessed with the children that you've given us, and we pray, Lord, especially as they go away to hear the amazing and mighty story of the living God and his Lord Jesus Christ. That, Lord, you would just touch them, touch each one of them in a special way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 get the right reading going here. Okay, this morning's first reading is 2 Samuel chapter 18, beginning in verse 5. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captain's orders concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel And the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David. And a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside. And the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Then Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebinth tree, and his head caught in the terebinth, so he was left hanging between heaven and earth. And the mule which was under him went on, and ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck and killed him. Just then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord the king. For the Lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. The king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died in your place, 
O Absalom, my son, my son. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 34. We'll read responsibly by the asterisk. I will bless the Lord at all times. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. They looked to him and were radiant. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. The angels of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second lesson comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 6, beginning at verse 41. Jews then complained about Jesus, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, "Is is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to Lord Christ. You may be seated. Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart may be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Amen. All right, today we're going to talk about our psalm this morning, Psalm 34. It probably is one of my favorite psalms, but I wanted to kind of introduce maybe a little bit of how you should think about the psalms when you're reading them. There's so much in the psalms that it can be a little overwhelming at times. If you, like I, have ever tried to, you know, read the Bible consistently and there's a psalm in there, you never know what you're going to get. You know, you could get the one where they're really angry. Because somebody just took over their city and they talk about smashing their children against the wall and hurting them. And it's like, God, what are you saying in here? What's going on? Or you could get the one that's like, you know, God leads you beside the still waters. And you're in the midst of like losing your job and your whole life slowing apart. And you're reading that and you're going, God, what's going on? Where's the other one? Where's the how long till you smite the wicked? But the thing about the Psalms is that they're actually supposed to challenge the way that you relate to God. They're supposed to form you in how you relate to God. They give us words and formulations for the deepest senses that we have, the deepest emotions in our spirit. They're beautiful poems, but really what they are is they're prayers. And so as you read through the Psalms, if you're challenged by something, I want to challenge you right back and say, hey, that scripture may be a place that God wants to grow you and how you relate to him. Because don't you know that every single one of you in here are on God's top list of people that he wants to interact with. Every one of you are the people that God wants to talk to on a daily basis. You know, you have those people. I've got a couple friends who, if I haven't talked to them for a few days, I'm like, what the heck? How have I not connected with you? And I talk to them, and it's just like, yes, I've missed talking with you. I mean, there's not many of them in this room, but no, I'm just kidding. But there are people, right, that you think of in your life as you go throughout your life that you just like to be around them. You want to hear their voice. You don't care if they're having a good day or a bad day. You want to talk to them. And even if they call you and they just need you to listen to their rant about their coworker or the driving experience or the bills or whatever, you like to talk to them. 
That's how God is with every one of us. And in a more deeply profound way, he actually wants to be a part of the solution to everything that's going on in your life. He wants to be there in the joy. He wants to be there when you're by the rivers and the still waters. And he wants to be there when you're calling out for vengeance against the wicked. He wants to be there right there with you in each moment. So as we read this psalm, although I'm going to try and pull out some wisdom and some teaching, I want you to always remember that these psalms are supposed to be like prayers that shape the way that we talk to God. It's not just a teaching. It's not just a school lesson that you memorize. It's actually something that's supposed to shape the way that we talk to our Father in heaven. So we're going to start right in, in Psalm 34, and we'll read and talk about these verses as we go along here. Verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So right off the bat, We've got this psalm, and actually if you see in your Bibles, it's probably even separated into these stanzas. And there's certain aspects that I want to pull out of each of these stanzas in this psalm. And so this one's all about praising God. I will bless the Lord at all times. Now I love the language there. It's been pointed out many times. But there's actually, he isn't giving himself a choice. I know that if I were to read this on some of my hardest days... And I said, I will bless the Lord. It would feel like a lie because I don't feel like blessing the Lord. But there's something powerful about making that declaration. Don't you know God like created everything that exists with his words? And he put the same spirit that created everything that exists in you. And so when you say these words, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. It has the power to change your situation. It at least has the power to change your heart. And then it opens up the way for God to come in and minister to you in that time. I've seen it happen where you're just like are so worked up. You're so tense. And then, you know, Haley's like, hey, Jesse, can you take out the trash? And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, and I respond and I'm like, wow, what did I just do? Of course I can take out the trash for my wife. That's no problem. But there's something in me that's all twisted up. And I remember it's like sometimes Haley will tell you, I just throw on worship music because I just can't. Do it by myself. I just can't do it. And when I make that acknowledgement and I stop trying to figure it out and fix it and be the best everything, and when I just praise God, all of a sudden the solution comes along. The tension breaks up. There's a moment, and it doesn't always lead to a happy ending, right? There are times where God asks you to praise him not so that he can just magically solve your problems, but so that he can make you the type of person who can have peace in the storm. Jesus is the type of guy who fell asleep on a boat in the middle of the storm. That's the peace I want. He had so much faith that he could just fall asleep when everybody else thought, but we're dying here, Jesus. I want that type of peace. And so we start off right here, and there's actually three secrets to worshiping the Lord, I think, in these these lines. Number one is that praise is a choice. Sometimes we think of praise like, for instance, Um, you know, Ruby and Rowan, they sing my praises when I pull out the ice cream at the end of the night. They sing my praises when I give them a cookie when their mom's not, I mean, when I give them a cookie and it's, you know, above board and all that. But they sing my praises when they get a treat. 
But what God wants us to know is that we don't just have the option of singing his praises when it's easy, when it's good. He's calling us to realize that he's good no matter the circumstances. He's the same God who brings life and light to the world even when you feel like your world is full of death and darkness. And we are called to declare that, not to pretend that there's nothing bad going on in the world, but to acknowledge who God is even in the midst of the difficulties of our life. So we will bless the Lord continually and will make that choice. Second, in verse 2, we see, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. And that means praise comes out of putting God in his proper place. What does that mean when it says my soul makes its boast in the Lord? What it's saying is I don't take the credit for all the goodness in my life. It's really tempting to take the credit. I mean, I'm good looking. I'm talented. I should get credit for this. But no, right? God himself is the one who provides all the good things in our life. My beautiful, healthy children, my wonderful job that puts food on my table, the chance to preach in front of you and share the word of the Lord. I rely on him for that. It's really all about him. So when you put God in his proper place, it gets a lot easier to praise him every, all the time, right? That's, the praise is a choice, not a feeling. Well, if you know that God is the one who gives every good thing and you keep putting him in that place and you rely on him for that, it's going to be a lot easier to make that choice. And then third, it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And here, I think you just know this instinctively, but I want to make it explicit. Praise is meant to be a communal endeavor. There are times where God calls you to get on your knees and get right with him, you and him, mano y mano, right? Like there are times when you just got to get right with God and you got to praise him. Maybe when you're driving home after a long day of work or whatever it is, but praise is a call to the body of Christ coming together. And lifting up their voices. That's why there's such power in worship. That's why there's such power when we get together on Sunday morning, when we could be doing anything else with our time. And yet we come here and we enter into the praise of God together. There's a power to the community. So don't let your private praise be the only place that you meet God. Join with other people. Trust me, it's a lot easier to make that choice when you've got a couple brothers with you who are saying, hey, I hear what you're doing. Let's praise together. Let's stand in faith together. Alone, you're just not going to make it. It's not how God set up the world. It's not good for man to be alone. That refers specifically to wives and husbands, but it also refers to the body of Christ. We're called to walk it out together. And so we move on in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fears him and delivers them. So here we're talking about the rescue of the Lord. So you've made your choice to praise, but guess what? That wave is still coming. You've changed your heart to glorify God, to see him as your savior, but now you've got to count on him to come through. You've got to count on him in these moments when things are coming at you that you know that you don't have the ability to handle. And so the storm comes, and what's the answer? Seeking the Lord is the answer. I sought the Lord, and he delivered me. What is it like when you seek the Lord? Well, I just want to make one point about that. 
It's not like you're going to him and saying, God, please help me, and then God hands you the solution. Do you know why it's not like that? It's not like that because it's also, it's sort of that, right? That is true. He does come through for us. But it's also that when you orient your life, when you orient your attention, when you seek God in the midst of your problems, it's already leading you to the solution. It's like if you're in a boat and you're in a storm, but you know right over there is a cove where you can wait out the storm, a safe haven. And you set, as soon as you set your compass towards the safe haven, it's already moving you towards the solution. It's like when you call to God, that act itself is already changing the atmosphere of your situation. Maybe nothing's changed. Maybe you still owe the same amount of money. Maybe the person you're praying for is still sick. Maybe you're still underneath the oppression of that difficult situation. But as soon as you turn to God, you're that much closer to the solution. It's actually a part of the solution. That's why God can't save us if we ignore him and we run from him. God wants us to turn to him, which allows him to bring us through to his solution. Because you know what? If he saved us while we were doing our, all this effort to build up ourselves and to do our own thing, we'd be pretty convinced that we saved ourselves. And so there's something that actually happens when we seek the Lord that delivers us from all of our fears. And not only that, I'll mention one more thing. When you magnify God instead of the problem, when you turn to him, then your fear starts to shrink because you start to see the bigness of God, the goodness of God. And then it says, those who look to him are radiant. It's a lot like getting a tan over the summer, right? All you have to do is expose yourself to the sun, and it happens. Now, for me, the tan comes out red, and it's really painful. But it's, this, it's the idea, right, that God actually radiates goodness to us. And when we turn ourselves to him, we are transformed. We put so much stock in how much we do. Well, I did this. I read this much of the Bible. I was so kind to this person. I gave this much money. And we just like, we put all these burdens on ourselves when sometimes God just wants us to turn to him and talk to him and spend time with him and worship him so that he can transform us. The behavior matters, but the heart posture is the first step. Turn towards God and he will transform you. And then it says, right, this poor man cried. I love that one because, man, I feel that a lot. I'm a poor man, and I need God to save me. But what David's doing in this verse, he's actually telling a story about this guy Abimelech. And he's saying, this poor man, he cried, and look at what God did. God saved him. It's important that when God saves you, you tell people about it. And it's important that we share the testimonies of the goodness of God. That's one of the reasons why I love hearing Father House preach. Because he's always got some crazy story about how God did something only God could do to save his life. To save his business. To save his family. God is just coming through for him. And that experience gained with years of sacrifice and seeking God builds up our faith that our things that God sees our things and he can come through. So we need to share those stories in your home groups. You need to tell people when you're praying for something. Guess what? We were praying for Jake to get a job. And guess what? Jake got a job. Hallelujah, right? It's these things that as we build these stories together, we encourage one another, we grow in faith, and we start to see the goodness of God in everything. All right, last part of this section. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, 
and delivers them. I just want you guys to know before I keep going, we're not getting through the whole psalm today, okay? So anybody who's worried, there's 22 verses. We're on verse like four or six or something. We're not going to get through it all, and that's okay. We're going to stop at some point, I promise. But this one's really good, so I definitely want to dig in here. What does it mean to say that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them? Well, it reminds me of 2 Kings chapter 6. So we're going to take a little journey and hang out with our boy, Elisha. He was a prophet, right? You might remember him because there's like Elijah and Elisha. Which one did which? I don't know. But this story is about Elisha. And he's hanging out and he's helping the king of Israel because the king of Syria is coming after them. He's marshalling his armies and he's finding all these ways to trap the Israelites and destroy them. But then Elisha rides up and says, hey, king, God told me that king of Syria, he's coming this way. And then the king's dodging. So basically Israel, they're playing this little cat and mouse game. And Israel keeps knowing exactly where Syria is. And so finally the king of Syria is like, who's the spy? Who is in here who is giving the information to the Israelites? This can't happen. Like how do they know where we're at? And the servant speaks up. Now this guy, this servant is bold to speak up to the king who's in that mood. But he says, there is no spy, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And so the king said, go, see where he is, that I, might, that I may send and seize him. And it was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. And so he sent his horses and chariots and a great army and surrounded that city. You think that would kind of, that would get in your head, right? You're the king, you're looking to kill some people, and they're like, yeah, no, they've got a prophet over there who knows the words you say in your bedroom. That's scary. That's some scary intelligence going on. So the king sends his great army to destroy this prophet. And this is what happens. The servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? I mean, I just, I can't get over it. Think of this servant, right? He's like serving the prophet. He walks outside and Elisha has been a miracle worker, superhero, right? He always knows where the king of Syria is going. And then finally the servant walks outside and the king of Syria is surrounded the city. He's like, what the heck happened, Elisha? You know what this guy says is his bedroom and you didn't know he was coming to get us? He's like ready to die. None of us or hardly any of us have ever faced down armed men ready to kill us in that type of situation. I can imagine he was a little scared. And Elisha just walks out there, kind of like Jesus sleeping in the boat during the storm, right? And he says, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. At this point, the servant took off running because something was wrong with Elisha. No, I'm just kidding. But he's thinking, right? He's counting. He's like, what are you talking about? I can just imagine all these thoughts going through this guy's mind. But Elisha, kind of like we were talking about a few weeks ago, that God sees differently than we see, right? And Elisha's tapped in to what God sees. And so Elisha prays without any hesitation. I mean, I would love to be as bold as this guy, Elisha. But he goes, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young servant, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. you got to imagine the roller coaster this servant's on. Like, he's just like, everything is awful. It's the end. And then he just sees chariots of fire. I mean, to be a fly on the wall in that situation. But this is what the psalmist is saying. He's drawing on this aspect of God. 
The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fears him and delivers them. We are so convinced that we know that we're in danger. We are so convinced that we know the problems in our life are too big for us. The mountains are too high. When you get in that moment where you see something that just doesn't go right, or you're just, gosh, man, I need this now. We're convinced that we know the limits of God's ability to provide. But we need to ask in that moment, Lord, open my eyes to see what you're doing in this situation. I want to see the angels of the Lord encamped around me. That would be awesome. And then we're going to end on these last few verses here, but we're going to talk about it because this is, that leads him to say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I'm going to stop right there for a second. First of all, God is good, right? All the time, God is good. We'll talk a little more about that. But blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. This is another aspect of this, of this rescue of God. There's something in us that when we face our difficulties that only God can provide, we get embarrassed. We're like, man, I must have screwed up. I must have screwed up to not have this all figured out. What did I do wrong to get here? And God's like, I led you here step by step. I led you here so I could save you. Now, of course, there are times where God will call on us to own up to our sin, to our laziness, to our deceit, whatever it is that could land us in a pickle. But there are also times where we're embarrassed to be rescued by God. And that's not the way that he's called. It says, blessed is the man who, is, who runs to God as his refuge. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Don't be afraid to call out for the rescue of God. And then it says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good things. My last point I want to make today is that in our culture, there are a lot of young lions who are hungry, who are thirsty, who are seeking everything that they think will satisfy them. You can imagine it in the social media influencer who's trying to get that many more likes or that many more subs so that they can make it big. Or you can see it in the, uh, the Instagram thirst trap that's become such a meme nowadays. You can see it in the pe- way that people are struggling to make money, to build their empires, to build their businesses. They're young lions who are starving, and they think that this food's going to satisfy. The real Note that I want to make about these verses, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm, I'm kind of addressing them backwards, right? The problem with people is not that there isn't an abundance of food. The problem with people is that they're eating at the wrong table. The Lord invites them to this table right here to fill you up. And in our gospel today, he said, if you partake of his bread, you shall never hunger again. What does he mean? Does that mean that we take communion once and then you should be good because you shouldn't be hungry anymore, right? No more Pedro's. We're all good. No, he's saying that you won't hunger for the things that don't satisfy if you train yourself to go to his table. If you go partake of his goodness, then everything else pales in comparison. Bishop has a habit of saying that no day after he turned to the Lord was worse than any day before. I said that all wrong. But basically, every day before he turned to the Lord was worse than every day after. 
That being in the kingdom of God is more satisfying than anything else, even with the ups and downs. Because he's worthy. He's worth it. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. So as we talk about this and we say, make the choice to praise God. Look to him for your rescue and do not be ashamed. He will not let you fall. Realize that he's bigger than your problems. And be hungry for God and his purposes. I want you to know that those things are going to make you a completely different person than everyone else that you encounter in the world. If you can just do those things, praise God even when you don't feel like it. Seek him to rescue you and be hungry for the things of the Lord. That'll change your life. I don't know, man. I've encountered a lot of people who are just broken and hurting. Because their grandparents, their parents, their siblings, every one of them were buying the lie that the world had something to offer. I grew up with a family that loved and served God, and that made all the difference in my life. So as I make this final appeal to you, we're baptizing a baby today, and it is one of the most glorious things that we get to participate in. But I'm saying, do these things, praise God, turn to him in your time of trial, be hungry for the things of the Lord, not because you want to be the best, happiest person in the world, but because you want your family to be the happiest, best, most fulfilled family in the world, because you want your children to be the happiest, most fulfilled people in the world. God wants that for us. He wants us to not just take, like Father Jim said last week, we're to be Moses to the world. We're to be the people who strike the rock and bring forth gushing living water. People are thirsty for it. It's not just about us. But if you do those things, I promise you God will show up, and it's going to change the rest of your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Baptism and their family members. I know you. Yeah. What a great crew this is. Praise be to God. The candidates for holy the candidate for holy baptism will now be presented. Okay. Will you be responsible in seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness to rebel against God? And do you renounce all evil spirits of this world that corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? This is this right up to your message. This is yeah, great, right? Good, yeah. We need to do that. We need to publicly do that once in a while, right?
Mm-hmm. We're, we're all going to in a minute. Do you renounce all sinful desires to draw you from the love of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ, accept him as your Savior? And do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? Do you promise to follow and obey him continually as your Lord? Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support Ella in her life in Christ? We will. Please stand. Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal vows. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, and suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers? I will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil and whatever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will, with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will, with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will, with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will, with God's help. Let us now pray for Ella, who is to receive the sacrament of new birth. Deliver her, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open her heart to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill her with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep her in the faith and communion of your Holy Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach her to love others in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send her into the world and witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring her to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your son, Jesus, received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we're buried with Christ in his death, and by it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we're reborn by the Holy Spirit. 
Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into the fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who are here cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Ella Marie, we're going to make you cry. <laughs> we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, one more, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Wet hair, dry hair, it doesn't matter. You're just one beautiful child. Let's see. Where are we here? What a good baby. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you that by water and the Holy Spirit you bestowed upon your servant the forgiveness of sin. And raised her to a new life in grace. Sustain her, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit, and give her an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Let us welcome the newly baptized. We receive you into the household of God, confess the faith of Christ crucified. Proclaim his resurrection and share with us in his eternal priesthood. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with thy spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Congratulations. Hey, Nick, how you doing, man? Well, that's wonderful. Okay. Well, we just uh, had a wonderful retreat for our young people, and uh, there's just nothing. It's it's one of the most important duties that the church serves 
is to get away their young people and uh, just get such a growing experience. That's where they make those transitions from children into adulthood, and, and it's just a, a, a marvelous thing. We, of course, we owe all the credit to Kristen Madison. I mean, it's, she did, she did, uh, she's doing an amazing job with that age group, and uh, we're learning to trust her <laughs> more and more. You're not listening to what I'm saying. All right, so tell us about it, and I guess it was just phenomenal. Christian's going to start. All right, yeah. they'll be fine. It was some New Testament, New Church, Pentecost stuff in the mountains. <laughs> Woo! That was, it was incredible. Your sons and daughters were prophesying, were praying over each other. The Holy Spirit was moving, was flowing. And Thomas and I, first night, we felt an attack from spirits. I got woken up by a nightmare. We prayed against them. The devil was attacking because he was trying to stop something amazing. God was at work, and that is just the beginning. The kids, that all the kids that went up there, they came down filled with the Holy Spirit, and I think it's going to spread to the church in that same way. Where it's, I'm super encouraged. If anyone needs prayer for anything, ask one of the youth group kids because they are filled right now. They're a powerful, powerful group of kids. Amen. It was an awesome experience, and I think it's just going to spread to the rest of the church. I'm super excited, super fired up. Uh, that was like the best retreat I've ever even been on like not even just leading it I didn't want to come home I was like oh man this is so much fun I was really sad to like not wake up to all those students the next morning but um, the Lord kind of just shared with me as we were talking coming back down from the mountain Isaiah 43 uh, verse 19, it's, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And I could go on with the verse, but the Lord's doing a new thing in the youth group. And I think it's easy for us to be like, why isn't it like the old days? Like, why isn't it like how it was when I went? And that's at least what I thought. But the Lord just kind of was correcting me in love and saying that the Lord's doing a new thing. Uh, it's not going to look like what you think it is. So instead of being like, why aren't they the way that I was? Why aren't they doing it the way that I would do it? Um, the Lord wants us to stand with the youth and encourage them and know that he's bringing revival through them in a new and different way. Amen. I got to go up and do the Eucharist yesterday, and I can confirm that these kids were fired up. It's, it was, uh, I'm really happy for them. Amen. Other announcement? Next. Uh, next Saturday, special Saturday. In place of our normal men's meeting, we're going to have just a work day. We're kind of getting the school ready, school starting in a couple of weeks after that. So uh, next Saturday from 9 to 1 o'clock here, we're going to do a, just kind of a, a basic cleanup. And, I, and we're, uh, I could be wrong, but I think we're going to allow the women to help us. Yeah. <laughs> so feel free. <laughs> Usually we won't let you in. But work days were a little lax. Yeah. <laughs> Could use the help. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's an older building. There's a lot here, and it's just impossible to get everything done. But the more people that come, 
uh, it's really going to help. And it's, a lot of it's not really a remodel, but it's more of a cleanup, kind of getting ready for the school year. So anyway, we'll probably have some pizza and yeah. probably have donuts to kick things off if I know Father Lewis. So anyway, please so, come next week. So Sam, are you going to try and replace the A-frame Saturday, I understand? Or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, thanks. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. <clears throat> so come you who have much faith and you who have little, and you who've been here often and you who haven't been here so long. You who tried to follow and you who failed, come because it's the Lord who invites you. It says, well, that those who want them should meet them here, so come today. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. Lift up your hearts. We lift, lift them up, up to the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks to the Lord. Father Almighty and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through the cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race of royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you call us out of darkness in your own wonderful light. So with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory. We join in their unending hymn of praise. come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup, again he gave you thanks and praise, gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ, Christ has died, died. Christ, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup, 
We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig, our bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Maria, Kyla, Jean, Mario, Melvin, Patrick, Tyler, Karen, Zach, the Logsdon family, Mike, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them to remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving.
to thank everybody for donating and making that trip awesome and not even just the money flow that came in I mean we had plenty of money for our trip so it was awesome but just for your prayers like we really felt supported and um, Robert had a word on the trip and he said notice your function and it was based out of first Corinthians 12 and so I just believe that like our church knows their function our church knows how to pray and support each other and I just want to encourage you to keep doing that so thank you um, last time we went on a youth retreat, we went up to San Francisco, not this past time, but the time before that. And for the first time in my life, I felt like God gave me a prophetic word for Kristen, that she was a spark that was going to light the church on fire. And this, and this past weekend today, it kind of showed me that it was twofold. Our youth group, not only Kristen, but our youth group is the spark. Our church has the kindling. We have the wood. We're ready. We're about to blow up in flames for the Holy Spirit. And we need to come, we need to come every Sunday with that expectant, expectant for him to move in a biblical way, in a powerful way. Because I believe God, and Bishop has been saying this for a long time, I believe God is moving in a powerful way. And we're about to light up and just go crazy. Well, I got a short word for, for the youth group. Make my day. <laughs> Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you've graciously accepted us as living members 
of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. As you go out from this place, remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against him. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. Never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God.